Star Wars meets Platoon. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story like you've never heard before. At 17, Solomon Kwai joins the Imperial Army, becoming part of the Galactic War Machine. But will he survive? Get down! Lead the way and list today. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story. Available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We are back for another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This episode, we welcome back to the podcast, Jeremy Hahn, as well as welcome Jason Hurley to the podcast to discuss their writing of The Approach over at Boom Studios. They also co-wrote The Beauty uh, over at Image that came out a number of years ago with issue 29 wrapping up in 2019. But The Approach is a five-issue miniseries over there at Boom Studios. This is the episode's main theme, and we talked about a bunch of other stuff as well, obviously, as we do on these episodes. So enjoy this episode with Jeremy Hahn and Jason Hurley, co-writers of The Approach and The Beauty, right here on the Capes and Tights podcast. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, you two. How are you guys? Doing wonderful. Awesome. That's great. I'm I'm loving that. I'm loving to hear that. It's uh, actually sunny here in Maine. Uh, where we had like two and a half straight weeks of rain, basically, like with like one afternoon of yeah. it being sunny. And that one afternoon I was being sunny, my son was sick. So like it didn't even matter. I didn't even know it was sunny outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's nice to actually have some good weather up here. But uh, uh, yeah, talk comic books. Um, I'm, you guys are busy people. So I'd love to, uh, thanks for taking time out to chat and, and discuss uh, the approach and more. But uh, listeners, regular listeners to the podcast, obviously listen to Jeremy back on episode 70 to talk about the approach and things like that. But yeah, and I'm, the and first I'm sorry time- to all of them. Yes, exactly. That you were Sorry here or the fact that. that you had to listen to <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy without me is just not as fun. That's fun. No, I say, oh, it's fine. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> to each his own. No, but uh, uh, Jason, give us a little just input on uh, how you got into comic books. If you want to listen to how Jeremy got into comic books, you can go back and listen to 70. Look at that, like a little promoting, getting yeah, to yeah, to other episodes. Definitely check out the archives. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, just give us a quick synopsis on like how you got into comic books in the first place. Uh, well, I've, I've worked in comic shops since I was uh, 13, 14. Um, so a long time. And, uh, my brother and I opened a comic shop of our own. I worked there for 13 years before I retired about a year and a half ago. And, uh, during that time, Jeremy and I met each other through me being his retailer, uh, and got to talking about creative stuff and ended up working on books together. So I kind of broke in sideways into the industry. I was kind of already there on the retail side, but worked my way over to creative. Yes. Well, it's nice to have that retailer aspect of like, you know, knowing what it's like to run a comic book oh, store. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely gives me a different perspective than, than most creators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's not a... a lot about that though. I mean, that's, that's the thing that I think that like it, along the way, every project that we've done, we've, you know, I, I've been like, okay, take off the, take off the creator hat and now put on the retailer hat and talk to me about, you know, like why we need to approach this in a different way and forgive me for saying approach so often <laughs> but you know like like there there have been so many times where where we talked about marketing something or building something right um well i've got a train here i don't know if you go i can tell that i've got a massive train <laughs> Boy, it, it is right uh, there too yeah yeah <laughs> i thought you were on a train right i thought no, you lived on a train week. you were just like <laughs> 
just just let it finish. Just 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 sit back and take it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, you, yeah. Have, you have that ability to have that 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 retailer side of things that maybe other people don't have in that sense. And you guys did a tour, right? To different shops. Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. We did a, what was that? Almost two months. Yeah. We spent, well, you spent on the road. I, I kind of went on and off a couple of times, but you were, yeah, you we, were we, smart. You, you, you went home and saw your family a couple of times. <laughs> I, I pretty much just stayed gone for, for, you know, seven weeks kind of thing. Yeah. Is it's amazing. It's, it's a great, I mean, you know, uh, like one one of the things I guess you know like as the, the retailer balance that we talk a lot about is like you know and and as as creatives we talk about like is it worth it to do things mm-hmm. right is it worth it to to do I mean like everything from like doing podcasts to to saying on social media to doing stuff like tours and I've always been of the mind that like most things are worth it if I'm able if we are able to connect with an audience mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, you know, sometimes Hurley keeps me in check and it's like, well, oh, that's kind of silly, You're being, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think that it, it's, it's, it is really nice to have that balance of his experience as a retailer when it comes to uh, the making things side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it's nice, especially during that tour, we were able to connect directly to some of those comic shops and, a lot of creators don't think about the fact that while while you are marketing your stuff toward readers, uh, your first customer ultimately is that comic shop because then you need them to sell that to the readers. Uh, so ha- making that direct connection can only help us in the future and, and can only help them as well. Yeah, and I mean, too, it's look, it's a great reminder. Uh, you know, I I've had a lot of people ask about the tour. You know, a lot of creators ask about the tour. Oh, yeah, you know, again, is it worth it? Right? Yes, but, that's but a good I mean, question always. Yeah, but but the thing, but the reality of it is is Putting a personal face on the people that are selling your things, going and meeting those people, getting to talk with them, getting to go out and have meals and ask, you know, like, you know, you know, how, I mean, this is a crazy industry. How is the industry going for you? You know, what are you, what are you focusing on? What, you know, even, even learning, you know, the, beyond the struggles, the things that really make these people stick with it and, and put, you know, day, day in, day out, you know, hours and hours, mm-hmm. you know, uh, into the thing. And, and, and I, and I, you know, I think that the, the comics industry is, is, is fantastic and weird in the way that like, yes, you can go to New York comic con and go get, you know, uh, the cast of, of your favorite movie to sign stuff and you can kind of get a picture with them and stuff like that. But, the comics industry still has this personal aspect where there is a fairly direct opportunity for interaction between the people making the things and the retailers that are selling those things and the fans that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we go chat at a convention, you know, you know, that sort of thing. And it's a, it's an opportunity for personalization that's different than just about anything else out there. Yeah. And, and making that per- personal connection is as far as the, is it worth it argument is it, it's a long-term investment. You know, yes. you, you make that personal connection with those people and, and you end up with a reader for life rather than a reader for the series. Yes, exactly. And I think the name, my LCS, like if someone were to swing in there and sell, you know, set a table up and sign autographs and, and promote their book, in all likelihood when they go to buy books that have 
you know, the creator's name on the book that they actually came and took time to talk to their customers. It may, no matter whether the book's going to be good or not, they're like, oh, I'm going to purchase that book and put it on there because I've seen them, I've met them. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes for the customer. I don't mean how many comics that I read nowadays or collect that I either met them at a convention or a store signing or had them on the podcast and was like, for some reason, I like what they do, but I like it 10%, 15% more because they took time out to talk to me and have a conversation and meet them and so on and so forth. That now I'm readers for life, no matter what that person writes, draws or whatever, I'm probably going to pick that book up because of that connection. And that's what you got by going to shop, to shop, to shop and and promoting the book, like the, the approach. That's what we're going for, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, you guys like working t- together with each other. And so, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, Jason, you didn't go on every, you didn't like leave home for six months at a, and go with, you stopped <laughs> in and out. Um, but like, you obviously wrote the approach, uh, sorry, the, the the beauty together mm-hmm. and you know, wrapped that up in 2019. And then uh, the approach, what led from the beauty, finishing up the beauty to wanting to work together on something like the approach? Well, we, I, we, we had, yeah, we had wrapped it up, uh, the beauty and, and we had several other projects, you know, that when you spend that much time together, you end up talking about other ideas. I mean, we've got Mm -hmm. a list of 20 properties that we could probably do together if we, that we have talked about over the years, uh, and, you know, just trying to figure out what the, the, the good fit for the next project was and trying to keep it, um, we'd already done the, the big sprawling story of, of the beauty that we played out over several years. And we wanted something that was a nice tight mini series, you know, something that we could do all in once with one continuous theme and, um, and really just get a, a short series under our belts. So it's kind of how we like, came to the approach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, so much is about the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like if, if there, I guess if there's a theme for this entire chat today, it's, it is talking about, you know, the relationships that you build, whether it's, you know, the, the, the creators that you work with or fan interactions or, or retail interactions, you know, there's just something about, um, maybe, maybe I'm getting old and sappy, you know, I, I, I have, I now have been in this industry for well over 20 years and, um, you know, I just want to work with people that I like. I just want, you know, like I, there's, there's a, you know, this, no matter what, this is a job. You know, mm-hmm. the best, the best experiences, you know, are still, you, uh, are still a situation where, um, you are spending long hours in a room making things, you know, uh, and you want to do that with people you like, you want to mm-hmm. do that with people that, that you, that, that challenge you in the best ways. And, you know, and if, you know, if you're, if you're removing the the stress of making something out and the reward of making, you know, make, make, you know, making a, a project. Um, you still want to have somebody that you want to hang out with when mm-hmm. everything's said and done. And I think that was an opportunity for us to sort of be like, okay, we're not going to spend five years again, making this, this large scale story. Not yet, you know, maybe, maybe again down the road. Yeah. You know, we've got things that definitely. Oh, certainly. Up. <laughs> but like let's just do something that's like us playing yeah because then there's there's a different thing like you know building a large scale story like the beauty one that like you know we were just talking about earlier the idea that like you know it began in one place and and very much stayed true to everything that we wanted mm-hmm. it to be but but it um 
it morphed and changed along the way and became so personal and kind of a tale about, you know, uh, the links that we go to, to, to look a certain way, but also the humanity behind that. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Oh, this, well, that, that's great. It's a large scale sprawling thing, but let's still take that care for character and apply it to just a classic, you know, monster story, people trapped yeah. in, in the snow. Yeah, and, like t- taking all that character stuff, but then combining it with something big and bombastic, like a monster story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what you get with the approach. I mean, the approach came out in in what uh, I had here Mar- uh, October of twenty twenty two, and then you wrapped up the five issue miniseries over at Boom in March of twenty three, and the trade we just figured this out. August sixteenth is LCSs and bookstores is August twenty second. Um, I just love this one line. <laughs> the best thing ever. It feels like a, a cheesy horror movie line and for some reason, but the end there says a storm is coming and it's bringing more than bad weather. I feel like that's like the tagline <laughs> at the bottom of, of like a 1980s horror film. Right. And I love that 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 line. I love personally, first of all, I would have loved to see more work done by Jeremy and the idea that you should have illustrated the entire thing, but that's just <laughs> me being selfish. Uh, but you could not have partnered with a better artist for the interiors of uh, the approach then uh, was it Jesus Cerveris? Yeah. Uh, Jesus did some great stuff. Awesome creature stuff. Design was off the hook. Yes. Yeah. So I'm so glad that that was the partnership you went with and did that. Is that something that boom connected you all with, or was that something you guys knew ahead of time that you guys wanted to work with? Uh, you know, I mean, we both enjoy Jesus work. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think she said had done some other stuff with boom before though. Hadn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and boom came to us with with a list of potential creators mm-hmm. and um once we saw the the creature design that that he did we were just like uh okay we're in like the, the- <laughs> yeah we gave him like maybe two three lines of description and he got what we were going for like right off the bat we talked about evolutionary you know we we need it going from small to big and different changes along the way and he he just nailed it like out of the park first try it's crazy yeah well i think that you know and i think that's a thing you know like working with working with people that get the concept you know yes i i, I really and again taking it back to you know working with people that you that you enjoy working with i never want to work with with an artist that isn't into the concept like mm-hmm. if, if we're telling a monster story you gotta like monsters that's 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 the reality of it and, and you know again he's just just did such an amazing job with that initial creature illustration that we were like okay this is yeah this is yep. it yep. and and mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm incredibly incredibly happy with it you know uh you joked that you know wanting wanting me to draw everything <laughs> and and Look, I have that weird thing that like I'm not I'm not a control freak in the way that like I I'm angry that I'm not drawing stuff. <laughs> but like we talked when 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 I, I drew the first arc of the beauty. Yes. And then I had other obligations that I needed to do, but we wanted to continue the series. And so the like the promise that that Hurley and I made one another was like we're only going to bring in people that are as good or better than I am, you know, and, and hopefully better, you know, like, like I, I love that thing about, you know, like we, we, we had on on the beauty, we had such amazing, you know, group of talent Mm -hmm. that kind of came in and worked on the book. And, 
I was so proud of the idea that like that there was a standard that we set and we kept. And that's something that's kind of followed through everything that I've done since. I've been like, okay, well, you know, uh, whether it's uh, Danny Lucker on The Red Mother mm-hmm. or, um, you know, getting you know, e- even even like Wando recently, I did a DC story, uh, Green Lantern story. It was a short story for one of the Halloween specials. And, and like Wan's stuff on that was just so perfect and spot on. I don't know. So it, it's, it's nice. Yes. I, I'm with you. I I'm greedy too. In, in my head, I'm like, I want to, I want to draw this. I want to draw that. But the reality of it is, um, my work isn't getting any less detailed mm-hmm. now that I'm, you know, as, as time goes by and I'm, I'm probably a little bit slower than I, you know, I, I do, I do for my, for my own physical and mental health, you know, the, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, like, like the, the toll it takes on your back to draw something mm-hmm. you know, it's the, it's the anti like hauling bales of hay, right. Yes. Hunched over, which is, you know, seized up in that sort of thing. But, um, I do want to got him for covers at least though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yes. and all, well, and, and two, there was, I think there was a moment, like you talked earlier, really about that, you know, we have a list of like 20 things yeah. that, that we could do together, you know, like, there's there is a list of stuff that he and i can do together and then there's the hurley list and there's the jeremy list like like Mm. we each individually also have another list that we can do on our own and i think there was a realization that i had pretty early on where i was like okay you know if you want to really develop a a graphic novel or a miniseries and do it right it takes about a year now yeah so if we have, you know, like a like real ready to go concepts, even if we have six of those mm-hmm. together, that's six years potentially that we could be spending doing that stuff. Not even the stuff that I just want to do on my own. That's probably another 10 years of my, you know, so it's like, I would love to think that I still have 20 more years in this industry <laughs> doing this, but. I don't really particularly want to, you know, have to be in some sort of uh, strange hanging apparatus in order to draw without, you know, massive pain or something like that. So yeah, and yeah. and lest anybody fear, there there are definitely things both on our list together and on Jeremy's list by himself that we probably won't move forward with unless Jeremy can draw them. Yeah. So I mean, there's there stuff like that too. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, and and I that's that's actually a really important distinction to make. I think that there are stories that I have to do. Like there mm-hmm. are things that like, that's just what that is and how that's going to be. Um, and it's not like, it's not even like a lesser thing. It's not like a, this is an A story and this is a B story. Yes. So I'm only going to draw the A ones. I don't, I don't really like working like that. I, I only want to, I yeah, only yeah. want to tell stories that we're really proud of. Again, because you don't have that much time to be able to do all this stuff. But I think that it's more, what the content of the story is and how like this is a story for me to draw like this there is a need for me yeah, to, there, there are certain things that we can only see you know we see them in jeremy's style and, and yes. we just can't see them any other way mm-hmm. which makes sense yeah. i mean you have a style to your own your own thing and you picture it the way it is i mean it took 
you know, another, uh, you know, Midwestern person, Scotty Young, a little while to stop drawing I Hate Fairyland and have, but like having Bean come in and do it and did such a style that is very similar, it's, it's very nice, but like it probably took Scotty mindset of, I got to step away from this. I can't do it all the time. Because also, if we didn't get someone else like Jesus drawing uh, the approach, we wouldn't get the other stuff that you want to do, Jeremy. Like this, you, you can do two things at once. You probably would have just had to focus 100% on the approach. If it wasn't, if you were drawing it and writing it with with Jason here, right? Well, and I, you know, and like, and I've, you know, uh, t- talking about Scotty, like, you know, he and I talk about that a lot, like mm-hmm. that 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 thing about like having to really pick which things you're doing, but then right. the reason behind it. And if you look at, I mean, look, both both he and you know I have been, and Hurley and I have been really fortunate in working with incredibly talented people that bring so much to yes. this. You know, it, it's it's like, you know, do do you want the creator to always do all the things? Yeah, yeah. I'm you know like I'm greedy. I I always want, you know, Scotty to do everything. You know, ev- everything that he's working on. But but then you you know you start like Jorge that he worked on Middle West with yes. and the Me You Love in the Dark and like you look at that stuff and you're like, well that's that's so Scotty, but he's able to do something and, and bring a different level mm-hmm. to it because he's working with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And there's there's stuff um you know uh Danny Luckert and I basically since working together on the Red Mother have been like, okay we've got to do this again, like very, very soon. Like we've got to, we've got to figure out what the next thing that we're going to do is. And there is, there are moments in the red mother that I know I could have drawn. Mm -hmm. I didn't, but I couldn't do what Danny did. I couldn't Mm -hmm. take and like, you know, for as cliche as it may be, like there is so much soul to the art to the thing that someone draws and when they're tapped in in the right way yeah absolutely the the best combos you end up with like a one plus one equals three kind of situation because you see something and it comes through and it's filtered through somebody else and that's not exactly all what i was envisioning that is excellent Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and you're never going to get that working by yourself well, if you think about like the first, we talk about the beauty and how how you illustrated the first five or first arc of the beauty and that's you know Jeremy and Jason working on the beauty's first five issues. Obviously, you had a lot of rigor colorists and all that stuff too. But like, you, you you think about with 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 the approach, you had a third person also to help you with anything small, like you mentioned, the character designs and things like that. Like that was able to have another mind to help you guys create the product you did, and which is great. And if you have someone that you mentioned as good or if not better than what you were doing, then it's not really a problem. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's, just it, a beneficial it's only thing. additive. Yes, and you might have gotten people who read the approach because they're Jesus fans. Like right. that's the thing, and like you made people have people who read it because they're Jeremy Hahn fans, or people that are, if you read it because they're fans of both of you guys together. Like it all, it all comes together, and having that extra person on there helps. I, I will say that I do also, like I said, I, I appreciate the the work that that Hayes put into it because it's absolutely beautiful on the inside of this book. And as a person who lives in Maine who sees snow all the time, I was very happy with the way the snow looked in the book. I don't know what it was, but I think I feel like most illustrators or, or people who are working on comic books and creators like use this more like 
I hate to say it, like a rough snow effect on it. Yeah, the big, big snowflakes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I think that this is more, I don't know, there's something about it uh, that really, you know, caught my eye as well as it being in an airport and then being snowed in an airport. I am very, very, very used to that. <laughs> <laughs> that happens quite often up here. That's why we don't usually fly on vacation in the wintertime. <laughs> Early actually worked in the Joplin airport for okay. years. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that um, is from personal experience, not the monster part, but um, <laughs> it's not a monster living in the <laughs> airport. But I, I mean, the, the, the big snow blower that uh, plays into the finale of the book is very directly based on a snow blower that I used to have to drive. <laughs> so I, I'm very no familiar with though. clearing I'm snow sad. off of airports and running. I thought that was based so. on a true story. That's what I thought. I, I mean, <laughs> like 98% of it. Probably. <laughs> That's true story. <laughs> but yeah, like it's like one of those. I don't know. I just the the idea of uh, of it being trapped. I feel like uh, there's a, a a horror story is that the horror is the monsters that you don't know about, but also the tr being trapped in a place where you really can't get out of. In an airport, it seemed like a very good setting. Was that like this is gonna be a monster story at an airport, or did the airport come later? Monsters later? How did that part of it come into effect? Um, it it was more trying to focus on, um minimal settings, minimal characters, mm -hmm. uh, trying to make it all happen in one location. Um, like I say, we'd already done a big sprawling story that took place over years, not only in real time, but within continuity time. Um, and we wanted something basically as opposite of the beauty as we could do. Yeah. Uh, instead of a big sprawling arc, a short story, instead of multiple locations, one location, instead of this big sprawling cast across multiple continents in years, one you know a small contained cast in an isolated location mm -hmm. so we're both fans of isolationist horror oh yes. certainly you know i i think that you, you hit on earlier talking about like you know the 80s the, yes the 80s horror stuff you know that's uh whether it's you know um you know the thing or or there we talk a lot about the uh the episode of the x-files ice Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, where they're, they're trapped they're trapped in an arctic substation uh you know but but then even things like assault on precinct 13 and mm -hmm. you know there's there's all those really great one setting trapped in a thing by a thing you know yeah um, a bunch of people all caught together by happenstance you know mm -hmm. there's no other reason that that those passengers and those airport workers would be in the airport at the same time except for that it all happened when this particular flight came in, you know? Yes. Right. And that, that the idea that you could have done this with just the people that were in the airport, but the fact that the plane landed and all those people got off the plane. Now they're like off the plane into this airport. And then shit starts happening. Too. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, finally we, we landed safely at the airport in the snowstorm. And then you're like, Oh shit, maybe we should have stayed on the plane. <laughs> well, we like, we like those things. I like, I, I like the idea that, you know, just uh, so much of it's a story, you know, by the end, I mean, it's, it's a story about survival, but it's a story about, you know, selflessness and like, because there's your job, right? Mm -hmm. It's their job. They're supposed to protect these people and, you know, make them, keep them safe. But then there's also the humanity of it and deciding that like, all right, even if that means possibly dying myself or bodily harm, I am going to make sure that these people are, are safe. Mm -hmm. Would, and, and, yeah, and, and expanding it to not just the people at this airport, but if this thing gets out of the airport, yes. then the rest of the world has to deal with it's it. We can't have that. Well. Right, right. I will say okay. that I, I've been to a lot of airports where there's been like, 
you know, layovers and cancel flights and stuff like that. I mean, is it Mark? Is that the main character, Mark, the, the dude? Uh, uh, is oh, Mac. Mark? Yeah. Mac, 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 yeah. Mac. Yeah. He immediately tells them to like break, break open the the vending machine and get food. I'm like, that seems like immediately. I'm like, I want to go to this airport. They're, well, not because <laughs> of the monsters, but like it just seemed like they were like, oh, I'm gonna take care of these people a lot. And what's funny is when I read the first issue of the approach, I want to say my wife and I were were behind the times on it. I want to say watch Station Eleven, like two or three months prior. And I was drawing the connect the, the comparisons in that sense too, because obviously that aired at the beginning or the book came out a little while ago, but the, the show aired the beginning of 2022 and of 2021. And the idea that they were also in an airport in that, and they were using the vending machines to get the food out of it and things like that too. Obviously a post-apocalyptic style yeah. style there. Uh, this is monsters and so on and so forth. But I was just like, it was like that cool, like they were almost like felt like they were stuck in an airport, which is kind of cool. Like I said, that to me alone, I would not want to live a long time in an airport in the first place, let alone have there be monsters there. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. We actually, uh, we had put off watching uh, Station Eleven because of the direct, direct reminder of COVID. And yes. like, there is stuff in that show that um, we, we were, you know, so many of us were in Chicago for C2E2 mm -hmm. and in 2020, Yep. You know, at what for a long time was the, the last comic book show, right? And I remember being in the, the airport in Chicago. And like we were supposed to go to in, in a week, we we're supposed to go to Seattle for for Emerald City. City yeah. And Lori and I were sitting there and we were like, you know, you're you know, there's always the news on or whatever, but you tend to, you know, play on your phone or talk or, mm -hmm. you know, get food or whatever. And like, there was that weird moment where like, we realized everybody was looking at the TVs and there is a moment almost exactly, exactly like that in station 11. Mm -hmm. And we knew that it was about a pandemic. So we're like, let's put it off. Let's put it off. And we actually watched it in, in March, uh, just recently. And it's a beautiful, yes lovely haunting heartbreaking story um that i i, I loved it but holy hell <laughs> yeah you're right i don't ever want to be trapped in an airport for, for that <laughs> like i said and let alone you knowing in writing the story like the approach that there could be a, a, a random plane landing that has a little bit more to it than 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 meets the eyes at the very beginning. I mean, it, it, this five issue miniseries. You mentioned the idea of doing something smaller after doing something like the the beauty. So this was going into it knowing five issues done, um, but you know, not giving too much away in the actual series. It does seem like there could be more. Is that an idea that it could go <laughs> at some point, or is that is it basically this is it? Where this is what we're getting for the approach? We like so. It was very much intended to be a done in one story. Like we, okay. we yes. wanted, you know, in, in in the way that like even so many horror movies that we know and love, there's always that little sting at the end, and you're like, mm -hmm. we need more. Mm -hmm. Um we we knew what we wanted to do, we had a very clear idea, and then we were here, we were here in my studio writing. Uh, it's really funny when we write, we typically write in the same room, you know, even though he has an office and I have an office, we almost always write in the same room Yeah, with our computers on our left. We look like we're playing battleship basically, <laughs> it's like, you know, and 
just like, the two of us with our laptops across the table from each other. Yeah, yes. you know, and like, seriously. Like he'll, he'll he'll type something and then I'll chuckle, you know, and then you know, like it's you know, it's it's a it's a really positive way for us to work. It, it, it's very effective. But um, we were finishing the last issue of of the approach, and we stopped to get lunch. And yeah. Essentially, over lunch, we were just bullshitting. Like, what would happen after the last panel? Yeah, yeah. And we we were going to drive to get sandwiches in Web City, and so it's about a fifteen minute drive there. And so you know, we ended up spending forty five minutes, almost an hour, on you know, just going to get, going there and back, and getting our sandwiches. And, and damn it, by the by the end of that hour, we were like, we could do at least one more arc probably two mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we accidentally broke a trilogy of yeah much. and you know i don't know if we're ever gonna tell more yeah. but we could and yeah and, the, the possibilities there well and, and i think that that's i think that's the thing with so many stories now um we definitely didn't do like the thing when you go watch a movie like jumper and like you realize that the whole movie was just the setup for a trilogy that was mm-hmm. never anywhere near our intention we we had a story and completed it and then realized that we could do more with it rather than you know assuming that we would always have more you know yeah well and I, I just think that right now it's 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 a really interesting somewhat tricky time making mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i don't want to be all gloom and doom but if you look at the landscape of comics especially with companies that focus a lot in creator owned stuff it's shifting and changing i mean mm-hmm. like companies are literally going from from being um in the creator own vision business to some of them are going out of business completely some of them mm-hmm. are are you know folding in massive ways others are changing the purview of what they're doing and how they're doing it they're going from being like yeah you know we're diving deep into creator own to being like well you also know that properties are kind of the thing that sell. And I can't really, I can't really um, hold it against, you know, I, I've, I've seen enough of this industry to know the bigger picture, the, mm-hmm. the larger scope of things. And I think that we all kind of get, it's easy to get angry or stressed out or, or worried or, you know, about the business <laughs> of it. But I do know that people are trying their best. Mm-hmm. and people do want to make good comics and you know those of us who who are going to keep doing this regardless are just going to keep finding ways to make stuff and so i think that the one of the, the biggest things that hurley and i talk a lot about is intentionality mm-hmm. with the things that we make like we don't we're not really making stuff you know we're not really throwing paint at a wall we're trying to choose projects that are the right projects at the right time with the right companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, look, if a company is willing to back me or us and they're passionate about that, I'm, I'm going to really try to make something amazing happen. Um, rather than being somebody that, that, does stuff and they're like, Hey, I'm not as crazy about working with this, but it's a paycheck. Yeah. I don't want. I don't have any interest in that. No. That's not. That's just not how I work. If I'm going to tell a story, it's a story that I want to tell 
I'm probably going to choose a company that lets me tell the story I want to tell the way I want to tell it. Uh, but there's all, you know, there's, there's, you know, ultimately too, it's like, if something is not right with a company, there are other avenues out there. You can, mm -hmm. I, I literally did a Kickstarter for a project because I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to let me tell short stories. I'm going to tell short stories, you know, it's just do the things and, and put them out there again with intentionality, just, just do it in the right way. And I, I think the miniseries thing is huge right now with people. I think that like, I am a big fan of like five issues. I can, I can, I can do it. I can commit to buying all five issues of the approach. I can, I commit to being waiting. If they're going to trade weight, you can commit to wait that one trade, know it's all there, but leaving it to the point where it's slightly open-ended, not to the point where it's like a cliffhanger at the end of there, where you're like, Oh, I wonder what happens next. And they just never do anything with it. It's the idea that like, if you wanted to, and there was enough love and in, in, in the trade sells like, bangers and you're like oh my gosh we need to tell more you can tell five more issues right, and, and right. do you know the approach call colon whatever and it's continuation of the first one maybe we're going to have to read the first one maybe it's one of those ones where people are like oh it's just another those things are great i think in the comic book world when you have this ongoing aspect of it where it's like i don't know if i commit to issues one and two do i want to say okay this is gonna be 30 40 issues i don't know if i want to commit to the entire thing but if you do it in segments of five issues where they're like okay this is it for now Maybe down the road we'll finish it or do yeah. some more with it. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a nice thing to see, uh, you know, out there. I think that's a nice. I, I commit to five issues, four issues, five issues, whatever it may be. It seems like nowadays it's starting to go. It was six issues, now it's five issues, then it's four issues. Next thing you know, you guys are gonna be doing one shots, and that's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think that there is a realization. Like forever, it really seemed like people were sort of doing stuff because it needed to be a set thing, mm -hmm. right? Like. It has to be five issues because of this. And now I think people are thinking a lot more about what is this, what's the story? Like is like, frankly, if you're, if, if you have a, a, a story idea that is a short story, sometimes you can make it into a one shot mm -hmm. or a mini series. Sometimes you can't. And I think that you have to, as creatives, again, like my my interest is, are we telling are we telling something because it's the right format for that story? Yes. Don't give me a one shot that you suddenly made into a six issue miniseries because you're thinking about it from that aspect. And because we can always tell, everybody can mm -hmm. always tell. Mm -hmm. Yes, you you know that it's just padded out. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to issue three, and you're like, two yeah. pages of this are relevant. Yes, you know? exactly. It's a three and a half hour movie that could have been a two and a half hour movie, but like the, the wow. or two hour or hour and a half movie, honestly. But the the approach, the approach, I think is it's that nice sweet spot where five issues is enough. I mean, you guys told the story. I never felt like it was dragging. I never felt like it was it was too bloated or 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 it could have been longer. I think it's one of those things that I mean, there's a number of we have a book club over at my LCS where we read trades and in, in graphic novels, and we've written read a couple of them that I'm not going to throw out there, but that we felt like okay, they felt like they rushed that five issues. Like it was like they weren't going to do more than five issues, and they wanted more. There was ten issues worth of story, but they needed to shove it into five mm -hmm. issues so they can get that graphic novel or trade out there or whatever. Or, you know. It could have been three issues. There was a lot of stuff in the middle there that just didn't. And it, it, there is place for it. There's place for artwork that's great, splash pages that are great, so on and so forth. Oh, but like sometimes it's just like that. That the approach seemed like it was perfect, and it ends up in a nice, nice, clean five issue trade that's going to come out from Boom. 
Um, and it's nice to have that. I mean, speaking of that, I mean, so you had the beauty came out image, the 30, almost 30 issues, 29 issues. What, what was the decision of going to boom? I mean, I know you had red mother over at boom and stuff like that too. Was that just a pitch and they, they wanted it or, or what happened with that? I mean, I think a lot of things start out with relationships, you okay. know, like, like, uh, there's this great line in the, it's like, it's, it's a little bit of a deep dive, but, uh, in the audio commentary on full tilt boogie which is the documentary about <laughs> the from dust till dawn quentin tarantino and robert rodriguez are talking on the commentary about you know when when you're when you're 15 year old kids you get on with your buddy and you talk on the phone every day right mm -hmm. like, you know and like you talk on the phone every day and then you like you go over to, to their house and you hang out, you play video games. For, and as you get older, it's like life and responsibilities and family and all these things kick in. And so like, if you, and, and the thing they talk about that, like, if you want to be able to hang out with your friends, you kind of have to make a movie together, right? Like that's, that's ultimately the thing. And I think that that kind of carries over to a lot of this. It's like, if you, you know, if you want to be able to hang out, you gotta, you gotta kind of make the thing together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody's got a job. Everybody's got a family, but if you can make the sure that your jobs sync, then you can mm -hmm. hang out at work <laughs> and have fun doing it. Right. <laughs> if you got the right job. Yeah. If you get the right job. I mean, you guys need to like each other. So that's fine. Right. You guys aren't like, we get along. It's okay, not, yeah. Well, yes, it's not horrible working with each other. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, and I think that, I think it's actually funny because I think that like, you know, we, we are both so independently busy that, that making sure that we can write together is a great thing. But then like lately, as he's working on his stuff and I'm working on my stuff until we figure out, you know, the right time for the next thing together, you know, we have to be like, oh, well, let's go and watch a, you know, watch a movie together. Yes. Let's go do this. You know, like just just to kind of have that experience and, you know, not to get, not to get too, too glum, but I think that there, there is a thing, you know, as you get older, but like male relationships specifically, cause that's what, that's the ones I know, you know, yes. but like, but like, but like male relationships in your forties get, it's, it's harder. Like it's hard, mm -hmm. you know, you, you've got, you got, you know, you got to take, you know, we've, 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 we've both got, got sons that are, are individually at different places in their lives. You know, his, his kid, he just took him to, to a, a debate tournament, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Actually, know. like, I, I think today was the first time, like right before we started recording this, I went over to Jeremy's house for a while. I think it was the, t it's the first time we were in the same room together in over a month. Yeah. yeah his, his son's been doing stuff. My son's been doing stuff. And <laughs> You know, the summer starts and suddenly we're booked on a hundred other things. So, yeah. mm. well, it, but, it's true. I knew what you were saying there. The idea that as you get older, really, I mean, my my co-host on the show for a while there. I mean, it was pre, pre last time you were on, Jeremy. But um, he moved to Indiana or back to Indiana, I should say. And it was like, oh, we're doing this right now, right? You guys are in Missouri. I'm in Maine. We can do it this way. Literally, I text him sometimes, and like two weeks later, we respond to him. We both respond yep. to the messages. It's just like he's in one place, he's doing one thing. I have a two year old, we're doing one thing here, trying to get this thing 
you know, whatever. And our relationship is just like when we have time to text each other, you know, if we were in the same town, I would do the same thing. Where it's like, no, I'm coming over right now. We're going to hang out. We're gonna, I'm forcing you to hang out with me right now to keep this relationship going. But like, we also know, we know that like, if I don't text you right away where well, I'm busy and then he doesn't get upset about it and so on and so forth. And I was speaking to my wife the other day, we were driving back from our camp and I was speaking to my wife. I was like, Oh, you know what? I've talked about the idea of bringing a co-host back onto the show, like having someone else to do this. And then I realized how much harder it would be to schedule it. Like to try to figure out our <laughs> schedules matching. It already is as hard enough now, but like having to like be like, okay, is it cool for this time? Is this cool? And then if he's not here half the time, what's the point at that point? And yeah. so it's like, now I'm like, Nope, riding solo. <laughs> I solo yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, but you can also find that when it's right too. Yes, uh, yes. I, I think that's that's the real, like that's the that's the thing about you know even even like with Hurley, me and Hurley, like we, like he's gonna do stuff that doesn't involve me, and I'm gonna do stuff that doesn't involve me creatively mm -hmm. and, and life. And it's like when you love somebody, when when they're your friend, you just pick back up where you left off. Yes. And, yeah, and even if even if, you know, he moves back, you know, in, in five years and wants to rejoin the podcast, yeah. listen to that. You know, that's yeah. that's the yeah. that's the great thing about friendship is you just kinda pick up where you left off and laugh about it. Yeah, that, that's also one of the very, very, very few uh, good things about social media is you know yes. like man, I haven't heard from Jeremy in a while, but I can see on his Facebook. Oh, that's because he's in Oregon, you know? And and you can kind of keep track of other people and at least see what they're up to. Uh, and then also get all the bad takes from all their friends. Yeah. But I haven't yeah. heard from Jeremy in a while. Oh, he's not on social media either. Maybe I should go knock on his door. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. See, yeah. see he's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've actually, yeah, I've been. I've had a weird thing lately. Um, and I'm trying to fight it. I'm trying to figure out where what my place is. I don't really want to do social media anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, same, same, very same way. Uh, like I said, <laughs> one of the very few things that's good about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just. I had this thing, um, I, you know, and look, the idea of reaching an audience, yes, is is a great thing, and mm -hmm. it's important. I mean, and also it's it's validating, right? You know, you yeah. post you post about your thing, people see the thing that you drew or the thing that you're talking about, and and you get that interaction, that, that little bit of dopamine, right? Like, but but you know. Uh, I I don't really like the idea of having an audience that I've worked on cultivating for years and I have a good relationship with that don't get to see the stuff that I post because of an algorithm. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not really gonna buy I no. mean I, you know, there's like it's weird because it's like you start thinking about advertising and how that works and you need to do it and you want to do it, you know. Uh, but but like the business of the business isn't exactly as fun as it used to be in a way. Mm -hmm. It used to still feel really organic, but you know now the the companies what what the companies want. And I've I've been I've been fighting with it. I, I've really like personally been just like you know like Instagram used to be my favorite platform because I could post. They screwed it all up though. And you know now I'm like. <laughs> Like uh, a friend, a friend, he posted, he posted a photo and it was, it was he and his partner and his kids together. And I realized that I hadn't seen 
the kids in so long that they had another kid <laughs> since last time I was aware that that he had posted. Yeah. And then I look and I'm like, like the dude posts like at all least the time, a week, week something. And I hadn't just, but it was like the the random thing. And I'm like, I don't know. This is this is exhausting. I just kind of want to focus my energy on making things. Mm-hmm. I still, but you still have to focus on reaching your audience. So well, I don't know. Well, that's the well, that's the difference in like one of those things that changes. If you do a book at DC, uh, you know, or do a book at Marvel, the Marvel and DC engines kind of like promote the book. It's they're buying the Green Lantern book that you talked about. For yeah, you don't Green necessarily Lantern, have to be your own. Yes. Whereas now with Boom and with Image and all these other products, you have to be your own marketing. I mean, Boom has a great marketing department, is an excellent sure. marketing department, and Boom has a great like they interact with me very well as well. I give Boom credit on that. Um, but like you have to still get out there and sell yourself, and that's something that social media was nice about for a while there, and it felt like. The number of people I know nowadays and talk to that met their artist or met the writer of their book or met the letterer of their book via social media because they reached out to someone or connected or whatever was amazing. It just seems like it's slowly go down from there. I was listening to um, the off panel podcast with David Harper and he was talking to Ed Brubaker this like for this morning's episode. And he was talking, Ed Brubaker goes, yeah, back when I used to do social media, I was like, oh my God, that would be <laughs> such a great title statement to say. But I just feel like this, yeah, you mentioned this, it's almost impossible not to be doing it a little bit, at least for now. And so it's one of those level. things that like, yeah. and if you don't post enough though, Jeremy, you're not going to be seen by, you know, like that's the other part. Of it. I, know, like, I know, it's I know. Just, it, so it's, bad. It's a stupid, it's a stupid trap that you get stuck in. I mean, the, the reality of it is, and I guess for me, part of it too is, uh, and this has almost become a cliche statement, I guess, but like genuine interaction mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. most important thing for me. Yes. You know, yes. like, but then you start realizing that like genuine has actually become a marketing ploy. Like, <laughs> like when, when Starbucks is saying, you know, we really care about you. Like, no, you don't. Like, and that's, oh, and that, yeah. You want to and, sell and me a $8 latte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That here and, in Maine, you have to lay, wait four hours to wait in line for it because there's only one of them. So Yeah. <laughs> Which was also a big part of why we did the signing tour that we did yeah. to get that that genuine face-to-face interaction, real interactions with real people uh, rather than, you know, the online interaction with their avatar. Yeah. Well, you weren't able to come to Maine for that tour. And so actually I was buying something else from Third Eye Comics mm. uh, uh, online and they still had a copy of your tour yeah. cover there yes. that I was able to pick up signed by you too so uh which was awesome which is pretty cool seeing that yeah. i mean i wish it was sold out already i mean obviously for you for everybody's sake i mean it's always like i wish it was sold out by this point but it was kind of cool to grab that on there yeah. i like uh, that. i like that those things are out there i mean and that's, yeah. that's a really cool part of that you know and, and third eye is look every one of those shops on that tour was, was amazing you yeah, know so i don't want to i don't necessarily just want to you know i know third eye is is such a such a leader in in you know, as far as far as the industry goes, yeah. but every one of those shops were, were fantastic, and they really supported the book. And I love the idea that you know we talked to so many of them. They're like, yeah, you know, like we. It's nice when you like sell out of all the copies you buy that day of that thing. But he's like, they were all like, we invest in readership, mm-hmm. and and the idea that somebody comes in, they're like, oh, that looks cool. They can get it even if they can't, because yeah, not everybody can drive to a shop. Not everybody, you know, like, like you said, you know, I, I didn't 
weren't wasn't able to make it to Maine, uh, which I need we probably should talk after this. Uh, I need to rectify that. I, Maine is Maine is as a state that I've always wanted to get up to, and I haven't. And uh, we're just gonna have to figure out how to make it a part of that next tour. So we also have a convention here. You guys can come hang out at the convention if you wanted to. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we have yeah. two. But uh, the funny thing is, is we just talked to my my buddy Jay and Will, my tattoo artist Jay and my buddy Will are both the runners of the conventions here in oh. Maine. Oh, and cool. they uh, were talking, they're like trying to talk to some new guests to come and so on and so forth. Their their, their event in October is October 13th to the 15th, which is the exact same date as New York Comic-Con, which is awesome <laughs> for booking, just to let you know. Everybody's yeah. uh, super available that weekend. Uh, but their <laughs> uh, spring one happens in April, which is always yeah. nice, which is a little bit different from everybody else. But, um, well, but yeah, you got to so, come up here, visit, get well, some lobster. Some moxie um, may not be all that interested in some shows that are really large anymore. Yes, yes. Cough, us, cough. Opportunities to, so you know, maybe maybe they should talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, because it's, it's funny, but we uh, what I love about Maine in that sense too is quickly on this subject is. I do feel like it's a destination that a lot of people want to come to. They just haven't yet. Or like we are a vacation destination in that sense too. And we are, our, our slogan is vacation land. And right. the, the idea I talked to Liana Kangas about that too. And they were like, I've always wanted to, 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 you know, vacation to Maine. Maybe I make it and, you know, work it out in a way that I do the convention, then go on vacation or vacation, then convention and have some spending money for my vacations paid for by selling it and, and, you know, selling stuff at the conventions and stuff like that. So it is that aspect of of having that ability to, I mean, whenever we have people come up, they always come like TV guests and all these people come like a day or two prior or a day to after go up Bar Harbor and, you know, do whatever. Well, I mean, that was, that was one of the things on the tour that, that we got to experience that was, that was just, it was wonderful. Like, you know, when, you know, we, we, we tooled around Annapolis, you know, we're like, Hey, let's, you know, like, let, let's go down and, and uh, I'm going to mess it up. Where, where was dinosaur land at? That was in Virginia somewhere. It was uh, when we were at four color. Yes. I think. But four color uh, fantasies, the shop. Yeah. And we were like, we were trying to find like weird stuff to do. We're both pretty obsessed with just like, like uh, Alice Obscura is this, this app. Oh, that you can so to great. Find strange places all over the world. And so we found dinosaur land there in Virginia, and it's this campy old place where they've made like concrete dinosaurs yeah. that some are really accurate. Some look like <laughs> sleep stacks from Land of the Wall. <laughs> and yeah. it's amazing it, it was really bizarre and, and we would talk to the the guy at the manager for call fantasy and he was always like oh yeah that place has been around since i was a kid he's like i remember this one statue in particular from like grade school trips i was like yeah it's still there so they have <laughs> they have some like really modern really interesting statues and then they have some that like jesus what is that and it's like <laughs> that, it, it's because it's like 40 50 years old because the place has just been there forever that's amazing so, well here in maine we have uh the home of paul bunyan we have a big paul bunyan ooh. statue uh, nice. We got Stephen King's house you can visit, which is a great opportunity for horror fans. I've heard um, of that yeah, guy. Yes, exactly right. He's a, he's a he's written a few books here and there, uh, but Maine's fun to come with too. And I and I do what you see what you're saying though. It's one of those things with the tour thing. 
in going from stop to stop to stop is also gives you the ability to see where other people are, how they do things in other parts of the country other than, you know, Missouri, which oh, yeah, is certainly. different than everything else too. I mean, it's, it's just really, it was really cool. And then just circled all the way back around the idea of doing this tour. I think also it's one of those things that brought, it might've been like, you're not having, you didn't walk back from or like get off the plane, you know, or get out of the car or back to Missouri after this tour with bags of money. But the idea that your names and the book's name and the, and the you know everything is out there now that that someone maybe heard of this tour afterwards is going to be able to buy the trade here in August uh, weren't able to make it but now they're going to be able to buy the trade and so on and so forth so I, I feel like no matter what it was probably a good thing you guys did that oh absolutely I would I, I wouldn't trade it for the world you know mm -hmm. no but, it was a great experience if nothing else well that, and but but also like our thinking is always long game thinking mm -hmm. like you know like like he said that earlier and i just you know since since that tour in october i have had you know uh i, I was just taking my son out to uh oregon for for uh, he just graduated so he's gonna go stay with family here he's staying with family over the summer and on the way we took a train trip and we went to santa fe and then la and then san francisco but like when I was in San Francisco, I actually met with uh, shop owners, friends, you know, from the Bay Area, and we hung out and had dinner. And and those relationships, those things, that's that's the point. And you know, yeah, look, I'm gonna be absolutely honest. We should, as creatives, make money doing things like we should yes, yes. you know um and, and i never want to i never want to i want to be cautious because i think that sometimes there's the oh i would do that for free kind of thing yeah sure everybody would like everybody would make like you know every creator coming in that would literally murder earlier <laughs> i or anybody else in order to do what we do for free we'll do it for free. And then they're going to be like, Oh, Hey, so the next one I want to get paid, you know, that, mm -hmm. that sort yeah. of thing. And, and we all deserve and, and maybe deserve isn't the right word, but we work hard and, and should mm -hmm. be able to make a living wage doing the things that we do. Um, you know, uh, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings on, on hashtaggy kind of mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, I'm not going to dive super deep into some of it, but like, uh, but a tra tragedy um, of, of losing creators is always hard. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, losing Ian was was yes. a a. He was too young. He mm -hmm. worked too hard. He was too good, and this happens over and over again. And that led to the comics broke me thing. Mm -hmm. you know talking about that and um again you know i've been very fortunate in my career we've been very fortunate in our careers to do the things that we do but there is a universal truth to it that we we work hard to make the things that we do mm -hmm. and and i think that in comics you know like if you look at the you know, just out in la you know you look at the 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 SAG strike, you know, you know, well, I guess, I guess now it's, it's also, uh, you know, Writers Guild. Yeah, the Writers, Writers, Writers Guild. Guild. Both, 
but you know, almost all of them are, are going to. Yeah. But the, the the WGA strike was going, and then the SAG joined. Uh, you know, the one on strike. You know, like we don't really have anything like that in comics, and I think it's mm-hmm. a complex thing that you know. But but I do think that. I do want to see people taken care of. Mm-hmm. I do want to see as much as anything for sustainability. Mm-hmm. You know, how many creators, how many creators have you been like, oh, I really like what that person does. And you never see anything from them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. it's because it's a hard industry. It's long hours. You know, I am currently finishing up issue two of my black adam book that i'm writing and drawing for dc right now and i've had so much fun working on that book but the deadlines are tight it's a lot Mm -hmm. of work and i you know and i'm i'm at the table drawing for as as it gets closer to the deadline you know it goes from being like eight hours a day drawing to like 12 (laughs) hours a day to 16 hours a day i'm not to the 16 hours a day part yet but i am i am at the table 10 12 hours a day right now you know and well that's why i got you on the podcast you know that i wanted you to sit up right talk yeah. to me and not yeah. bend over to save oh, he's got a page just out of camera he's working yeah on he's working on it <laughs> well, that's how good you are right you can just do it without even paying attention um, it's, it's it's i'm drawing with, with weird here and one yeah well, those characters look oddly like Jason and Justin. What, the heck? <laughs> what was he doing when he was trying that? Yeah, yeah. Wow, Black yeah. Adam looks a lot like Jason Hurley. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, um, yeah. I get that a lot, though. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 yes. And so I guess my point really was a little bit about the idea is that you did something that was out of the typical norm that it, creators aren't usually touring. I mean, we talk about Third Eye Comics. Third Eye Comics does a great job about bringing in people. If you go to their website under the comics section, they have a list of people who are doing signings at their shop and you don't have to be there to get the signing. You pay for the comic book pre-order, they'll sign it and they'll ship it to you, which is an amazing feature. If you can't, mm-hmm. if you live in an area that you can't get to these creators or being in part of these creators or go to conventions or things like that. Um, but third eye does a great job, but those people that are going there are not always on tour. I mean, they're just, they're going there doing the signing and then leaving. And that's the sure. difference between what you guys did too. And Ryan Brown and John Charles soul have done it too. They did the van tour and, and other people. Yeah. They definitely ripped us off for that. <laughs> but they, uh, I don't know. I'm tough one. Uh, Charles is our lawyer. He might come after you if you'd say that. No, um, the, the, <laughs> the, it's cool and different. So I'm saying is that, that that wasn't like, you weren't going into that tour going, I'm going to make a bunch of money off of this. This was like going into the tour, trying to do promotion off of it. You didn't want to lose money on it. And you wanted to do some signings and, and make a profit if possible. And yeah. the idea was promoting the book in the, in the, in the, in the long run. Yeah. I think it was definitely got it out there. Right. It was a, it was a promotional tour, not a sales tour. You yeah. Know? Right. Exactly. Yes. That's, that's actually a really great way to say it. It, it, <laughs> it is. You know, again, the worth of it. Look, I'm willing to do it. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, and it's the reality of it is that we promoted the project, but we also promoted ourselves. Mm-hmm. We built relationships. You know, like like we're going to have those relationships on everything that we do, and that's yeah. that's I don't know. It's 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 a great thing. You know, like I I am I have never been a creator that wanted to live in my high tower and then only have somebody walk in with a bag of fan mail and I 
gingerly pick, pick a piece out and read it and throw it over my shoulder and then get back to the, like, <laughs> like that's a I know I realize that that's a romantic version set forth in you know the the 1960s by yeah. some you know some of the world's you know most famous authors out there but like that's not how we live now mm-hmm. that's not how we work now and especially in comics you know it's 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 about interaction yeah. and it's a I mean, long game like i say it, it, you know it, in the future if somebody sees one of our names on a book and gives that book a second look you know just because of our names on it because we met them that one time at that one store mm-hmm. you know that's what you're really going for yeah, yeah. and i mean now you're a fan mail is someone just telling how about how, how much your book sucked on, on twitter right it's all yeah right <laughs> that's your fan mail now hey this book sucks <laughs> yeah. you guys should stop writing comics um no it's 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 a great I, I love that relationship building. We talked at the beginning about the relationship, the two of you having a relationship together and be on the right and do things together, which is great. Uh, you know, and I love seeing that frequent collaborators. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I think at the beginning, Charles and Ryan did an episode with me that comes out actually this Wednesday of recording this podcast. And the relationship they have together too is awesome. Seeing them write books together and, and, and illustrate and write books together and stuff is great. Seeing frequent collaborators is amazing because it's just a nice thing to see. And again, it's two people's minds. It's two two names that people can buy uh, and, and look into and stuff like that. But your the approach comes out August 16th at local comic book shops and August 22nd at bookstores everywhere buy it local but buy it anywhere really honestly and the more you buy it the more it shows boom that this is a viable thing and that they actually Absolutely. you make more money off of it boom wants to do work with you again and so on and so forth so buy it no matter where but local comic book shops are great are you going to have uh copies uh, I, J- jason you don't have a website do you yes you do. i do not no, you don't. No. You don't. jeremy you have a website yeah do you still are you going to have copies on there too or are you just waiting for like local comic book shops to have them and stuff I mean, I'll, I always put stuff up okay. on, online. You know, the, the biggest thing that I I try to put more rare or kind okay. of exclusive mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, sign uh, stuff, variants, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, I want people to be able to get stuff. Like, that's, yes. the, that's the important thing. And I always appreciate if people want to get it from me. Uh, I, you know, like, look, right now, it's, it's, it's a weird time. It's it's kind of the wild west out there. Uh, if you have a shop that you like, first go to that shop. Yeah, they that ninety five percent of the time, unless they're just grumpy and suck, they will be able to order it for you if mm-hmm. it's in stock. Sometimes mm-hmm. stuff goes out of stock, and that happens, and they can't control that. But if you go to your local shop and you're like, hey, uh, you don't have you know the approach, can't can you can you order that for me? they'll get they'll get it to you and yes. you know and, and and please do that first just because mm-hmm. i want i'm greedy i want there to be shops i want that you know like yes. i want that relationship read comics how you read comics if you're a digital reader i'm not going to yell at you because you're a digital reader yes. i'm going to say thank you and thank you for supporting the industry and i love you mm-hmm. but you know if you like the physical copies you know, I, I realize you. I realize we can get everything on Amazon. I I get stuff on Amazon. Like yeah. that's that's how the world goes. But the reality of it is, you know, spend your dollars at your local comic shop. Go in, you know, support them because yes. it pays it forward down the line. 
Well, I think it's, it's, it's a, comic shop. It depends if it's the, the difference between you buying it or not buying it, then buy it on Amazon and, or don't like don't just not buy it because you don't buy it on yeah. Amazon. But the other thing I said to mention about even my local comic book shop is I asked him every time I need a comic book or wish a comp want a comic book that I either missed or heard about late or whatever, I go up to him and say, Can you get this book? And he goes to look it up in a system. He goes, sorry, unavailable, sold out at Diamond or Lunar yeah. or whatever. And so then I say, okay, the next thing I'll do is go to Third Eye Comic Books. I'll go to Challengers. Any of these websites that have great, local comic book shops for someone has great websites with great searchability and so on and so forth. And then go down the line until you find it. The first, other thing you should do with people is don't forget about, like, say, like I mentioned, Jeremy, your website is that I would talk to a, a creator about how I went to see, I couldn't find this book and I wanted it signed by this creator so i looked on ebay and they were selling it for 50 or 60 dollars i went to the website it was 15 bucks the, yeah. the creator's website directly was 15 dollars. Right. they got the money directly went to them and i was like so there's local comic book shops and then your online local comic book shops but as well as the creators because you guys are also small businesses as well so and that that's, makes sense. that's actually yeah i know and that's that's important and i and i i'm, I'm gonna back you up on that like that's um if you're looking for something you can also check with it. Like, if you can't find it, check with the creators because we yeah. sometimes yeah. on stuff. Oh, certainly, yeah. We, you know, and like, do I have a website? Yeah. No. Do I have copies of the approach in my house? Yeah. And if you drop <laughs> me an email, I, you know, we could probably work something out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I Look. think that that's like, I would rather you get it at a fair price than, than you know, and like we we try to keep stuff very, you know. Yes. Like, but I'll, and also, the, I mean, like you know, my web store, like you can find weird, fun stuff on there. I do, I make stickers and I make things that like you can get from me if you run into me at a show. But like, I, you know, I have stuff that you can only get sort of from me online. Mm -hmm. That's that adds to the experience mm -hmm. of these things, and you know, and I always, you know, I also I'm, I'm grateful for it. So I'm like, hey, here's a little bonus thing. Hey, here's yep. this. Hey, here's that. You know, and that's again, that's just relationship building. So yeah, you know, if you have a if you have a creator that you love, see if they've got an online store because there may be some stuff that you can't get otherwise. Right. Kyle, Kyle Starks told me he goes, "I'm a big cover A guy. I just like my cover A's. I think that's the way that you know I want to collect them." And I, I for some reason missed out on on where Monsters Lie number two, or whatever. And so I had to get a cover B, and he's like. I think I've got a cover ace. Do you want to mail you one? I'm like, no, I'm all set. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll figure it out. You don't have to mail me one. Uh, speaking of yeah. the Jeremy Hahn sticker, my son has a, uh, like one of those motorized Jeeps. He's two and he drives around. Actually has a remote control. I can actually drive him around on it. And it has right. a Jeremy Hahn, Jeremy Hahn bumper sticker on it. So there, oh, there. Nice. there you go. He's driving, he's driving around a little Jeremy Hahn bumper sticker. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. yeah, exactly. So, Local comic book shops, bookstores too, like I mentioned. Graphic novels and trade paperbacks are available at bookstores as well. So check those places out uh, uh, as well. But the 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 approach comes out uh, in August. But also grab, I mean, um, the beauty out there too. Beauty has yeah, we got six volumes, volumes of that. There, so check that out too, as well as obviously the Realm, Red Mother, all that stuff that that Jeremy's put out as well, uh, and Black Adam over at DC and other stuff as well. So check those all out. JeremyHahn.com is that what it is? Yep, that's just me. And, that's you and follow you guys on social media and all that stuff too i really appreciate you guys taking the time out uh to talk uh the approach and like i said we touched a little bit on the beauty uh there too as well but um yeah i really appreciate taking the time talking promoting and i hope the book sells like gangbusters i think people should read it it's an amazing book uh and, and, and all the success to you guys thanks, thanks man. man appreciate it yeah thanks for having us on 
And that was Jason Hurley and Jeremy Hahn, the co-writers of The Approach and The Beauty. Check out The Approach at your local comic book store on August 16th, 2023, as well as bookstores everywhere, August 22nd of 2023 in trade paperback form, collecting all five issues of The Approach at Boom Studios. Thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you follow Jason and, and Jeremy on social media, as well as follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever podcasts are found, but also specifically on Spotify and Apple. Five-star reviews are welcome. Thanks everyone for listening. And until next time, peace.